I made it this far, nine games left in the regular season. In my mind, I'm like, let's do it. Let's push it even more and actually actually win it because that's that's something that uh, you never know when you're going to be in this conversation again. So uh, I, I want to be the one who, you know, scores the most goals out of those guys and have the best uh, number of assists because, you know, if, uh, if I can be in this conversation uh, three games at the end, then th- that means I had an amazing season and uh, I'm one of the top players in the league. Live from our man caves in Virginia Beach, this is MLS Gone Wild, where Blem and Mike D bring you the latest news, rumors, analytics, predictions, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going, Blem. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 21. This is your host, Blem. No Mike D this week, as he is away for work, but I do have a very special guest joining me. On today's episode of MLS Gone Wild, I am joined by MLS All-Star, league leader in goal contributions, sporting Kansas City, and Hungarian men's national team forward, Hungarian assassin, Daniel Shallowy. Daniel, welcome to MLS Gone Wild, man. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, how are you today? Good, good. Love that intro. There's a lot, lots of things there. Love it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of accolades for you, and we'll get into all of that, obviously, but you know, it's, I'm glad we can get you in this kind of off week. It's been a crazy month for you with games for Sporting Kansas City, the All-Star Game, international duty. So we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us. But before we get into your background and the tactical talk, let's start out by having a little bit of fun. What do you say, Daniel? Let's do it. All right, man. So do you play FIFA? Yes, yes, I, I do. I played more in the back in the past, but I still do. I'm going to buy the new one again. Ah, yeah, so speaking of the new one, the 2022 ratings dropped yesterday. Have you seen yours yet? Yes, I saw it. All right, so for our listeners that haven't seen it, Daniel, you're 71 overall, 75 pace, 71 shooting, 67 passing, 69 dribbling, 38 defending. I don't know if you agree with that. 69 physicality. So what are your first reactions to your ratings? Like, did EA get anything right? What did they get wrong? Look, it's... uh... I always say compared to the top level, of course, like this sounds good, like a 71. But uh, when you look at, I had 70 last year. Like, come on, give me a bump from last year. So overall, I, I think I'm just disappointed. I, I expected that uh, maybe this could be a really good bump this year, but it did not happen. So uh, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, 13 goals on the season so far and only 71 shooting. Is that fair? No, no, but <laughs> as I've seen, other players have gotten disrespected too. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's not easy. I don't think EA really watches the game. They need more scouts. <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen a lot of MLS players complaining about their pace and, and things like that. So I, I had to get that. I figured that'd be a fun opening question. But Another question, scrolling through Sporting Kansas City's Instagram, I noticed that you guys take your pregame outfits very seriously. So entering the stadium for you guys is like walking down the the freaking red carpet. Johnny Russell's always dressed uh, in a properly tailored suit, vest and tie. You kind of vary, but a couple pictures I saw usually go with the baggy kind of designer t-shirt. And I noticed a couple other guys are rocking the jean shorts, and I don't know what's going on there. So I have to ask. 
in your opinion, who has the best style on Sporting Kansas City? Hmm, best style. Uh, formal for sure, Johnny. Uh, as you see, like that that's uh suit and tie fit. Uh, that's th- that has to be him. I think uh more like uh streetwear style. Uh, I think I'm up there. We used to have Busio who was big in it. Uh, but I have to mention like, you know, Kyrie, I think Kyrie Shelton is, uh, has some good stuff going on, but, uh, our new signing Remy Walter, he's, uh, he's been having some, uh, some nice fits. So, you know, we all bring something different. We come from all over the place. So, uh, one thing I don't agree with is the jean shorts. So I, I have to agree with you, but, uh, overall, overall, I think we, we are a fashionable team. Absolutely. Look good, feel good. Am I right? Yes, exactly. But I do have to ask about your boy, Alan Polito, okay? Your strike partner up top. I did see a picture of him rolling in there in white jeans and a white t-shirt and white shoes. I wasn't a fan. Look, I'm not either. I think uh, Latinos have this kind of style, you know, this uh, this white white jeans and all that kind of stuff. I uh, I couldn't pull it off. I think he's. Uh, you need to be uh, invested in it very much. But look, uh, as you said, look good, feel good, whatever makes you feel good. So it's not my style either. So there's another guy in Kansas City that's a pretty sharp-dressed guy, and he goes by the name of Patty Mahomes. So Kansas City is a sports city, and right now I'd say Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is probably the king. Not only is he Super Bowl champ and MVP, he's also a partial owner of Sporting Kansas City. We got to know, have you met him? Have you guys talked about bringing trophies back to Kansas City? And what's that relationship like? Well, I shouldn't say back to Kansas City because they they just had one. But Yes, yeah, so uh, it's a funny story because I've met him uh, before he was, he was big. We went to a basketball game and we were in the same like section. Same suite, and uh, the sporting guys swore with me. They were like, "Oh, you should say hi to this guy. He's gonna be the quarterback, the new quarterback for the Chiefs." And uh, I was like, "Okay, fair enough." I said hi. We talked. He was big into soccer. Super nice guy. Super humble guy. Uh, Brittany was there as well. So you were, you were like, uh, I didn't know what to expect from him. If she's gonna, if she's any good, you know, I'm not that good in that big into footballs that I know everything. And then out of nowhere, he just like blows up and uh, he's been doing amazing. So we've kept in touch. Obviously we message each other. He's come to a couple of our games and obviously I support them too. And uh, it's nice that he's a partial owner now. He actually works out many times in our facility. So we see him a lot nowadays, but uh, as once again, super nice guy, we haven't talked about bringing back trophies. But I feel like uh, as we get into the playoffs uh, season, we have to. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, as of yesterday, four day, four years and one day since you guys won that U.S. Open Cup back in 2017. So playoffs are approaching. You guys are sitting pretty at the top of the West. It's time to start th- thinking trophies. Yes, for sure, for sure. Obviously, uh, it's in the back of your head, but... You have to go game by game. Uh, when we had the best chance was in 2018, our season ended in uh, 45 minutes. In the second half, it just ended. And uh, that's why you can't uh, really uh, look ahead of yourself. You have to take take it step by step. All right. So let's, 
let's take a look at what made Daniel Shallowy Daniel Shallowy. So obviously it's been the summer of Shallowy, right? I'm sure you've heard that a time or two. You were, like I already said, you were named an MLS All-Star for the first time. You received your first senior call-up to the Hungarian men's national team. You sit third in the golden boot race behind Ola Kamara and Raul Ruiz Diaz and are now being considered a legit contender for league MVP. Those accolades are great, and we will dive into those in a minute, but let's get to know Daniel Shalley before the MLS success. You are a third-generation professional footballer born and raised in Hungary. Daniel, if you could, tell us about your football upbringing in Hungary and how important it is for you to carry out your family's footballing legacy. Yes, you know, it's football is always big in our, uh, in our family, but uh, I always say that even though everybody thinks that uh, my dad never really made me play soccer, he never uh, said that I have to play soccer. As a kid growing up, I actually played tennis uh, as a little kid. And then I, when I started uh, going to school, uh, all my friends were playing soccer. And uh, I was like, you know what, I, I don't want to miss out on it. So I started playing and, you know, you notice you're, you're decent. And my best friend played for a club called uh, Uipest and I joined their academy with him uh, and actually spent my whole youth career there. Only left for one year uh, to came to sporting. But then actually went back and made my professional debut for that club, Uipest, uh, for my childhood club. So that was a huge dream for me. And uh, that's when I completed, uh, you know, professional uh, third generation for my family. So what did that mean to you? I know you said it's a dream come true, but what did it mean to you to play your first ever professional match for your boyhood club? Because... I had a boyhood club and obviously they weren't a professional team where I'm from. And, you know, most of the listeners, their boyhood clubs, they're, they don't have the opportunity to do that. So like, what does that mean for you and your family? And like, what was that experience like? It, it was amazing. You know, uh, I actually, uh, I signed with their B team because I was planning on coming back to college. Uh, and uh, I didn't want to sign professional and, uh, they didn't have enough players for the, for their preseason camp. So they called me up to go with them and I was doing really well and the coach liked me. So going into the first uh, game that week, my dad's asking me like, how's training going? And I was like, I'm not gonna, I think I'm going to start the first game. And he's like, no, no, serious, that no chance. Like, I was like, no, no I, I really think I will start. And I started on the first game of the season and uh, I think I, Everybody was there from my family and my friends. We had, I had a whole section. Actually, there's a photo with everybody just sitting and watching me. And, uh, yeah, I, I did well. And, you know, there's that moment when you step on the field and you know your boyhood's clubs like chants. And uh, they did the chant, what they always do before games. And you hear that as you're standing on the field. And it's just pure goosebumps. You know, it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. So I'm, I'm glad it happened there. Because uh, that kind of would have been, uh, you know, something that I missed out on if I didn't play for the professional team, even though I went through the whole system. Right. That's that's a really cool experience for you to share with you and your whole family being there. That's that's really awesome. But you've been here and sporting or in Kansas City now for what, about seven years or so. Compare the Hungarian landscape footballing landscape to what is american soccer what that landscape is like how do those compare and contrast 
Look, I think uh, it's it's so difficult to actually compare it. Uh, there's, I think there's many more consistent teams in MLS here uh, with like obviously lots of great players. There's uh, usually there's like one or two teams who who are top level there and they can compete in the. Last year, Ferenc Varos made it to the Champions League group. This year, they're in the Europa League. So uh, that level. But, uh, you know, the the league itself is is boring in a way, you know, because uh, I think this is why MLS is more fun because uh, lots of teams compete for that uh, for that first place. And and that's that's what makes it more fun. But overall, I think there's many great players in, in this league that you you see them signing in in Europe and that that shows the strength of the league you know if you can sell players to the top leagues and they do well hey i didn't have this question in my lineup but you brought it right to me dana shallow you're 25 years old you're having the season of your life right now is europe a goal for you um i wouldn't it's uh it's a difficult question you know it's something uh that can, of course, it can happen anytime, but uh, I wouldn't say it's a goal like I have to do it. It's more like if the opportunity is right, uh, I would love to take it because, you know, I, I've i been playing here for a long time and uh, this is a very strong league at this point. And uh, if I leave this league and Kansas City, I think it has to be something that you know, it's it's worth it in a way, like being able to play in the Champions League or something, uh, so playing in a in a in a big history club or, or something that that really makes the difference. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's you know if you find a uh, a club where you can find home and do well and it's a good competition, uh, you really have to consider you know leaving that. So it's always up in the air, but. You know, I have a contract uh, this year and next year, and we'll see what happens. So, we're scouring social media. I've noticed that yourself and Gianluca Busio were, were, were tight, you know, good friends when he was a sporty Kansas City. Have you talked to him since he's been over with Venezia and has he shared his experience with you and any advice that may be going over? Yes, he's, uh, he's doing well and he, he's loving it. Obviously, it's going to be a tough race for them to not get relegated because it's a freshly promoted club it's difficult but overall uh, you know for him it's not really the the soccer that's shocking we've all played uh, you know like with a new club or like uh, with like a new team you have to adjust like that, that kind of stuff like a new coach but uh, but it's really for him like living abroad living in Italy he's he's shocked where he gets to live like you know it's an amazing experience for him and uh we already talked that uh, some of us who are from europe uh in the off season will go for uh for a weekend to visit him that would be awesome so yes we definitely miss him he's a great guy and uh I, you know i wish him all the success yeah it looked like he just notched his first assist for venezia over the weekend so good for him yes yes all right, well, listeners, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, Out of Time Outfitters. Stick around because after the break, we will be discussing Daniel Shallowy's redemption tour that has been the 2021 MLS season so far. We'll be back in 60 seconds. 
We all love the beautiful game. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the sport. And we all have our favorite memories when our teams made history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle in Istanbul or Celtics 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barca side ever. Those moments that keep us coming back for more. But what if you could carry those moments with you all the time? At a Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands to let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. With wristbands for your favorite teams from across Europe, the USA, and beyond, each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from that famous match. Check out all 24 of Added Time Outfitters' current designs on the web at www.addedtime.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Welcome back to MLS Gone Wild Season 3, Episode 21, featuring Sport- Sporting Kansas City's Daniel Shallowy. Head over to AddedTimeOutfitters.com for all your soccer-inspired wristbands and apparel. Use code GONEWILD at checkout for 10% off your entire order. So Daniel, two years after signing your homegrown contract for Sporting Kansas City, you burst onto the MLS scene with 11 goals and 7 assists. The two years following were tough for you as you totaled just one goal and one assist in 35 matches between the 2019 and 2020 seasons. But what do they say? The comeback is always greater than the setback. 2021 has been a reemergence for you on the pitch. Through 25 matches this season, you have totaled 13 goals and six assists, both of those being career highs and are tied amongst the league leaders for goal contributions. So, Daniel, just Focusing specifically on this past offseason, what did you do mentally and physically on the training ground to set yourself up for this huge 2021 that you're having so far? Um, I, you know, I, wor- I worked really hard, obviously, in the offseason. Uh, you follow the program, what the club gives you. Uh, I did individual work. I, I, I worked with a uh, Olympic trainer actually back home and uh, he, he helped me a lot with my uh, program and that was, uh, you know, that's the that's mostly the physical part, what you can do for it and going into the, going into preseason I was, uh, I was very fit and, you know, you, you, you give your everything to get into the team but uh, I always like to mention that you know, this is the the stuff you write on paper but at the same time Sometimes you need luck. Sometimes you need that uh, that we didn't have that much depth up top. So I got my opportunities early on. I started uh, in the first game. I actually never started. This was the first year that I started in the first like season opener. And uh, I think these things make a difference. I scored on it. I scored against New York. And uh, then, you know, as an attacking player, things just start to fall into your place. So it's more like the combination of, of these things. And, uh, and throughout the season, confidence is just getting boosted and boosted. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sitting here and just waiting for the next game to go out there and do it again and again, because you feel like uh, no one can stop you. You talk about that confidence, which I completely agree. Once you see one go in, we've seen 12 more go in for you. And you can tell that you're playing with that kind of confidence. But despite your rough 2019 and 2020, you signed your contract extension through 2022 during that time. So Peter Vermees and staff obviously had belief in you. 
but did you feel pressure internally from yourself or from the fan base or from your teammates or from the coaching staff to perform this year? Did you feel like this was a make or break year for you? Yes, this one for sure. Uh, we've had talks with uh, Peter as well. Uh, I was was very disappointed with last year the you know the lack of uh, minutes I got and uh, you're in the these years are very important uh, for a player because uh, at this age because you have to play as many games as you can because you need you need every minute to get better and uh, to shape your career you know. And uh, the two very important years, one, uh, I couldn't find the back of the net. And the next year, uh, I didn't even find the field, you know. So it's, uh, it's, it's very tough. So I talked to Peter uh, in the offseason and straight up told him that if I don't get the opportunity, you know, uh, until the summer and I don't find the minutes, then... Uh, we let's make a deal and you know break my contract let me find a new team let me start over and that stuff and it's harsh to say but sometimes you need to uh look at yourself this is and this is why you go out and give your best and then it's actually shocking that this is happening after all that conversation so uh, you know life is funny in that way but you're having fun doing all this right yes yes and and that's really cool like and it does take a very humble person and a very self-aware person to say, you know what, I'm just not finding success here. And maybe I need a new system or a new environment or something like that. But you're doing it now for the club that signed you as a homegrown, the club that gave you a chance over here in America. Like how important is it for you to be succeeding and besting your, your 2017? And, you know, now you're, you know, how important is it for you to be putting up these numbers for your, not your boyhood club, but your, your boyhood club in America, technically. Yes, yes, it's true. And I look at it that way that obviously, like, it's not my boyhood club, but at the same time, it really is the club that uh, I became truly a professional, you know, and all these years, uh, you because you, you struggle through uh, difficult moments to get on the field, make your debut, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, playing the game this weekend and... Uh, the, the fans are chanting MVP for me. And this is, it's something that is, it's, it's heartwarming. You know, it's, uh, it's something that you do your best to put out everything you can uh, on the field and score all these goals. And obviously it's an individual award award, but at the same time, it feels so nice that they, they want you to win it. They support you and they care about it as, just as much as you do. And this is why, we're all in this together. I, I said it in an interview. So it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, it's, uh, it's a special feeling for sure. And hopefully uh, I can put up more goals uh, for the rest of the season. And we need, to, we need to win something this year because that would be huge, you know, being part of a winning team. Yeah, man, I'm so happy for you. But th this is sports. Like, athletes in every professional sport or amateur sport, they go through slumps. And you experience that. And I think it's really important to show that resilience and that ability to bounce back from having a really a, a rough couple of years. And as a guy that's signed a contract to score goals to only scoring one in 35 matches, like, that's rough. But for you to get to this point now, that's really awesome. And I commend you for that work that you did in the off season. But I, I do have a, a question about the impact that Peter Vermees may have had on you. So 
he saw you have those two down seasons. Did he make any ta- tactical adjustments to take advantages of your strengths on the pitch? Um, this year, you mean, compared yeah. to the years before? Mm-hmm. Look, uh, I don't think so. Peter is really a really full on or a full off person in a way. Like, I mean, like as a coach. Uh, he either puts all the effort in you or uh, or nothing, and that's what I felt in these years, you know. Uh, so obviously he he pushes you on the field, supports you, and then things are not happening happening. And then last year, you know, he doesn't even put me on the field. He he just didn't feel like I I'm the one who can help the team. And uh, this year he's he's putting all his faith in me from, you know, minute one of the season. And I feel like he's this type of person. It definitely helps because when you're playing, it's everything's going amazing, you know. Um, but but he's a, he's a difficult uh, coach to deal with. You have to find his good side and... I have to figure out how to, you know, stay on this side, never, never get on the other one, uh, because it's that's that's not fun. This is the one where you want to be on. Yeah, I mean, with 13 goals and six assists, I'd say you're probably on his good side. But the reason I ask if he made any kind of tactical adjustments, this could be because I didn't pay as much attention a couple of years ago to how you were scoring your goals, but. Looking at the stats this year, and I was just watching your highlights from just about every goal that you've scored this year, 11 of your 13 goals have come from in the box. And I've seen a trend in how you're scoring your goals. So a lot of your goals are coming from the left side of the 18. You're taking one touch with the right foot uh, inside, and you're curling it back stick. Okay, there's there's a lot of those happening. So they're minimizing your touches to then find a shot. And then another trend that I've seen is Johnny Russell or another player on the right side getting in line and then slotting the ball back across towards the penalty kick spot, like the goal that you just scored against Minnesota United FC. That's happened a couple times this year. And then another tactic I've seen deployed is, you know, it's just the run of game. It's combination play. But Alan Polito checking to you, you play him the ball as the target, and then you run off of him for a give and go and get it in the box. Are those things that you guys work on on the training pitch, or is that just chemistry? So that's more like, obviously, chemistry with finding success in it. Uh, and you need those players who who find a way to, like, you all do the same things. You do the movements. You find each other on the field. You you enjoy each other. And uh, But the, the things that, most of the things are individual in a way that uh, I worked on those things a lot uh, throughout my youth career and uh, professional career as well, like movements in the box. You know, I think it's, uh, my my dad always told me it's very important to, you know, watch games and watch how other players do it. And uh, that's that's kind of what I've been doing in the past uh, years as well, is that, you know, you watch how those top forwards move in the box and, how they separate themselves from the defender, how they try to uh, hide from them, you know, like stay behind them and make movements from there. And uh, you you can see those things in, in my goals as well that I, I tried to use. And uh, it's it's been working a lot. And yes, the I think 
we've been doing great combinations with uh, our forwards as well. And Gary Kinda and me find uh, lots of one-two passes where we break behind the defense. And those are things what you start because you both have these ideas. But uh, at the end of the day, you need to find the good partner for it, you know, uh, on the field. And uh, this is why I think this this team can can succeed because we've we found each other and not just you see this connection with me on the left side, but you also see that right connection with like Zeus and Johnny. So I would say it's the combination of all of those things. So first, before I talk about the combinations, because your front three combination is atop the league right now between you, Alan Polito and Johnny Russell. But first, I want to talk about your movement. I saw a quote that came out from Peter Vermees from the Minnesota United game. He said that your movement off the ball continues to be top class in the league. And you said that, you know, you've noticed and your father told you about focusing on finding the space in the box. And the one tactic I was talking about down the right side with Johnny Russell taking it in line or somebody taking it in line and then finding you at the PK spot. I did notice in those moments that you're always playing off the defender's back shoulder. The defenders retreating towards your goal and they have to react to your run and they're always a second late. Yes. Yes. Uh, in defense of defenders, uh, I can react and read earlier than a defender can. So let's say there's a rebound. I can start going a second earlier than a defender but a defender has to kind of hold that uh you know that the offsides line and pay attention to those things connect to the defense so i can uh it's easier for an, for an attacker to start the movement but yes it's true i i always try to uh you know separate myself because i kind of learned it on the way that you know obviously it's it's the best way to move but if i was strong like let's say it's locked on i wouldn't have to always separate myself from this i could just use my body and turn the defender but you have to play your game uh the best way you can and the best way for me is use my quickness and separate myself and uh appear in these these spots and get the ball so it's been this year has been really working and uh i i can say that you know it's not an accident when I hate when people say, you know, a tapping goal is a, oh, it's a tapping goal. No, it's not. You have to be there. You have to read the play. You have to follow it. It's the most important thing. Man, I, for, I forget which goal it was, but there was a goal earlier this year that somebody smacked. I think Johnny Russell hit a free kick, woodworking down, and you and two other guys were sprinting to the ball, and you won that foot race to put it in on the end line. And I love that. I'm like, man, this guy is so hungry to get goals this year. Yes, yes, it's, it's very true. I think uh, this is this is another thing for rebounds. You always have to go for, and it's it's not easy, you know, because uh, I think I was racing with. Uh, Irish Shelton was there, yeah. And you know, at that moment, you're like blinded. You're only going for the ball, but uh, he could have gotten there if he starts running a little bit faster before me. But this that's just that awareness that. I'm very focused on that. These are goals that you have to get. You have to. And if I'm, I think the coach expects you to get there too. Yeah, no, that's, that, that was really funny. For some reason, when you were saying that, I'm like, rebounds? I remember seeing that highlight earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. But we're, I was just talking about the front three connection of yourself, Alan Plito, and Johnny Russell. You guys have combined the front three for 27 goals, which is 
tied for the most for a front three in MLS, along with the front three of New York City FC. But do you think that the front three of yourself, Alan Polito, and Johnny Russell is the best front three in the league? We are, yeah, I mean, numbers don't lie. I think uh, that's that's crucial uh, for us, I think. I, I always love, obviously, when the offense is better than the defense on your team, uh, because then, and I think the fans should love it more too. That's more fun to watch, you know. You uh, you do lots of creative things, and uh, it, it's been great. You know, I I've been used to playing with Johnny. I think uh, we've always find connection. I think, and uh, I've been uh, lucky enough to be, you know, his mirror winger, and the way he plays and I play, I think uh, we create a good duo on the wing. And Alan was uh, was a great addition. I think he's he's very technical with the ball. He's uh, he's amazing in the box as well. You know, he's he finds uh, great spaces. And he's good for those little combinations, combination plays. So it's it's been very nice. And, um, you know, it's it's always like, as you said, those numbers... It's always like some games, Johnny puts up a great performance or Alan or me. And it's uh, it's very important that everybody contributes. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I did notice about Sporting Kansas City, you know, you play as kind of an inverted winger out of the left, cutting in on your right foot. And Johnny Russell does the same on the right side, cutting in with his left foot. And that makes it really difficult for defenders, um, you know, especially with those overlapping runs with the outside backs and things like that. So. I think that tactic is is really good. Both of you guys playing as mere wingers, as inverted wingers. Yes, yes. Honestly, it's uh, we've been doing it for so long, and I think many teams do it. Uh, it's it's the it's the best way to do it now. Uh, I think whoever plays with the same foot wingers, it, that's a little bit of outdated system for me. Uh, so this uh, this has been working great, and you know you need great uh, left and right backs for it, and we've got those two. Uh, so it's a good good duo for sure on the wings. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk about the guys playing up at the target: Alan Polito, Kyrie Shelton. This was a question that came specifically from a Sporting Kansas City fan on social media. What is the difference for you between playing with Alan Polito and Kyrie Shelton? Well, you know. Obvious, the obvious thing what everybody can see is Kyrie makes more runs behind defenses than than Allen does, and uh, this is something what you know you you follow up Kyrie's runs and uh, look for those uh, rebounded goals or uh, I mean uh, balls and like what he lays off for you. Uh, those are very important. With Allen, it's more like uh, you are breaking the line by by passing and uh, a little bit more uh, more quicker movements for like shorter distance and uh obviously he's he's great at his like turns the way he turns defenders and that's when you make the runs behind defenses so it's all it's it's lots of things obviously but um johnny and i both like learned how to play with them and uh this is why as you see Alan is missing but then Kyrie's playing and we're still doing well it's because uh we are prepared for both. Yeah, that's important for you to have two strikers that are able to produce and then two strikers that are able to play within the system. 
but obviously players around them that are able to adapt to how they play. So I think that's really important. But let's let's get back to you. Let's focus up on you for a second, Daniel. So obviously you've had a bunch of stellar performances and goals this year, but of those stellar performances and goals, is there a specific one that you are most proud of and why? This year? Yeah. Um, I, yes, that, I mean, there's been a couple of special ones. I would have to say, uh, winning at, at home against LAFC with my, uh, my winning goal. Uh, that was awesome. You know, that I think winning goals are always the best feelings, uh, especially like late in the game and, uh, the way we were just pushing in that game to get, get the win and, uh, going down one zero and coming back. It was uh, it was a great game, and uh, at the very end, I had this uh, curled ball, which I I hit it so well, like it it just feels amazing how it curls, you know. And I was just watching that go in, go in, and uh, it, it did, and the stadium explodes. I think those moments are, you know, that's the best memory to have. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I remember watching that highlight as well. You got that inside of the 18 and slotted it home back stick with that. Uh, right-footed curl of yours but you have you know that was just one of your five game-winning goals this year right that's that's crazy like what is up with the clutchness of Daniel Shallowy like are you just up for the moment uh yeah I I feel like uh throughout my career I've I've had many so actually in like sporting history I'm already up in the top 10 for like winning goals and uh I remember I scored a winning goal in the in the U.S. Open Cup final four years ago, as you mentioned. And uh, our secondary coach, Z, went up to my dad and said, uh, I always believe that players who can score winning goals are, are meant to make it. Like they are clutch players who can like make have a good career because they are they know how to handle the pressure in those moments. And uh, it's something that I took as a compliment. But also look for in a game, you know, when it's 1-1, you're like, I want to be the one who scores the winning goal and I have to push everything and get there. So it's kind of a motivation for me as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I, I'm, I know Peter Vermees, the fans, the whole organization is happy to have you because they'd be down, they'd be out 15 points if it wasn't for you this year. <laughs> they would not be in first place if it wasn't for you this year. <laughs> But we, we talked about your favorite performance, which was the LAFC game winner this year. But your consistent stellar performances in MLS this season have earned you your first senior call-up to the Hungarian national team for the three World Cup qualifiers that we just saw last month. Emotionally, how did it feel to get that call-up? And what did you take away from your experience? You know, it's it's great. As a kid, you always dream of uh, these moments. And it, it was amazing uh, to being a full stadium with in front of my family you know making my national team debut against england against the top players in the world so it's something that you look back and you you're proud of yourself it's kind of a oh i, I made it moment uh, and i'm glad it happened and hopefully uh one day i can score too if i score me and my dad will be the first father and son uh uh who duo who will score in the national team both so uh, that would be in the hung in the hungarian history so that would be amazing well let's make it happen man so there's more world cup qualifiers coming up soon are you have there been talks about you coming back into camp uh well hopefully you know 
you never know. Obviously, there's always guys in uh, in good shape and uh, good form. So they usually reach out, uh, you know, just before the call up. Um, I, I, I'm hoping, you know, it's uh, it's something that it's nice to be a part of. Yeah, it's a big year, man. World Cup is next year. If you guys qualify, there's potential for you to play in the World Cup. I mean, that's obviously a dream for you, right? Yeah, that would be huge, honestly. I think it's 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 something that everybody wants to play in one day. Yeah, well, keep up the hard work, man. You'll be there. All right, so, Daniel, before I let you go, I have just two more things. So, after your last match, we you mentioned this previously, versus Minnesota United, the Cauldron, which is the supporters group, for Sporting Kansas City, they chanted MVP to you after the match. Like I've said countless times this episode, you lead MLS in goal contributions, sit third in the Golden Boot race, and more importantly, five of those, like we just said, 13 goals are game winners. You have my vote. Mike D's not on the call right now, but you have his vote as well. But why do you think you are deserving of the 2021 Landon Donovan MVP award? Well, look, at this point, I wouldn't say it should be me you know there's many there's many great players and there's many uh players who who are just doing as good as as i am and and uh it's a big race that's when you realize how many good players are actually in the league and how consistent you have to be with your performance if you want to be in this conversation but i would rephrase it in a way that i made it this far nine games left in the regular season in my mind i'm like let's do it let's push it even more and actually actually win it because that's that's something that uh you never know when you're going to be in this conversation again so uh, i i want to be the one who you know scores the most goals out of those guys and have the best uh number of assists because you know if uh if i can be in this conversation uh three games at the end then that, that means i had an amazing season and uh, I'm one of the top players in the league. Daniel Shallowy for MVP. Man, keep up the hard work. Keep scoring those goals and you will get the votes. But your next chance to score goals is this Sunday live on Fox Sports 1 as you guys take on the Seattle Sounders in a one-versus-two matchup in the Western Conference. Sporting Kansas City have won the previous three matches versus the Sounders, and you scored the, game, the game-winning second goal against them earlier this season in a 3-1 win. With the Sounders looking to get revenge for their loss earlier this season, what do you guys need to do to ensure you walk out of Children's Mercy Park with all three points? Um, yes, it's a it's a very tough game. It's going to be uh, super tough. They are one of the best teams in the in the league, and um, for us, it's it's huge. We beat them over there, and uh, this is something what we have to do again. They know we are one of the best teams as well. They're going to come prepared and uh, they want to get points for sure. Um, I think this is something what we can prove now. Nine games left. You need these. You need to take these opportunities uh, if you want to be a championship contender. You know, uh, it has to be something that uh, you're fully focused on and get three points. Uh, as I said, it's going to be very difficult. But uh, these are the games that you wait all year. These are the ones that you are hyped. You talk about it for weeks. You know, you're, you're getting ready for it. So I, I feel like everybody just watching training, you know, everybody's so focused and we're all ready. And I'm sure the stadium will be packed and, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's beat Seattle. Yeah. And you guys have a whole week off, whereas Seattle plays tomorrow night. Yes, we are actually lucky with their schedule. 
they played this past uh, weekend as well. And now um, you have to say these things. We are lucky with their with their schedule. I think uh, we have to take advantage of it because if you don't, sometimes your your schedule is unlucky, and then you still have to go out there and win the game. Yeah, and three points at home, you have to expect to take those points. Those those should be, and I say this very lightly, easy points to take at home. You know what I'm saying? But you want to always win in front of your home fans. You expect to win there. But Daniel, man, we're cheering for you to win the MVP race. We're cheering for you to get that golden boot. You're only three behind Ola Kamara. And to be honest with you, if we're not counting PK goals, you're the golden boot leader at this point right now. So if Peter Vermees is listening to this, let Daniel Shallowy take the PKs, man. <laughs> and you guys are sitting first in the West. So, you know, I hope you guys get your, you know, hopefully you guys get some silverware this year. It's not going to be the supporter shield because the Revs are taking that one by a mile. But, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, man. So, Daniel, best of luck to you going forward. We'll be watching every second of it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for tuning in to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 21, featuring MVP and Golden Boot Race candidate Daniel Shallowy. Be sure to watch Daniel and Sporting Kansas City as they take on the Sounders this Sunday on Fox Sports 1. Until next time, Enjoy all the MLS action and be good to one another. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace.